0: following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by elecate Eight Twenty Five. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM, 97.5 HD2, a part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, no Philadelphia team wanted home this week, so we'll get to that in a little bit. We decided to go big and bring on a Hall of Famer to start the show, right? I think that would be a good idea.
1: Yeah, why don't you go to him? Yeah, okay. Um, I believe we have Hall of Famer Ken Houston on the line. Kenny, you on?
2: Yeah, really, really. I'm I'm here and uh, I'm excited about your team. I watch them all the time. You're more yeah, excited than good. you're more well, excited yeah. than some of the fans are here, Ken. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're exercised, I mean, I, but they're not always excited right now. So, so,
2: yeah, I played I played in Philly before, so I understand that crap.
1: Okay, <laughs> so so you you said you played in Philly before, but you you played as as a member of the what would be considered the enemy. What is your fondest memory? of playing in Philadelphia, and what is the memory that you find most amusing? <laughs> uh, well, the finest memory we had, uh, you guys had 6'11", Harry Carmichael, I believe it was. Yep, big and boy. Had,
2: and we had 5'7", Pat Fisher. And, and back then, you know, you could act, uh, what I call act, act the guy. I mean, you cut him on the line of scrimmage. So uh, Carmichael had the hardest time getting off the line of scrimmage, and we'd always, once we get back, we really couldn't watch watch and play during the game, but we watched the film. So I had some real good friends up there, and uh, it was it was a great it was a great place to come and play because we knew they booed Santa Claus. Okay. Oh, <laughs> so that, you're that, gonna that, go there, huh? That, 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 the boos are okay. <laughs> it's the snowballs yeah. at Santa Claus well, that not, we not get upset Santa about. Claus, so we we love coming to Philly. It's uh, one of the highlights of my career.
0: So let, let's talk about it. We introduced you as Hall of Famer Ken Houston. Uh, when they announced you are one of the 25 finalists, you cut in an article that you could someday say went to your kids. What's it like to hear that introduction, and what was that conversation like when you got the call?
2: Well, you know, it that's all just surreal, because back then they were only taking five guys, <clears throat> and you would be hoping that if you are going to get in. I never thought of myself as a Hall of Famer. I thought I played with some Hall of Famers, and Charlie Taylor and Bobby Mitchell. And so when when it came out uh, that I had been considered, I cut that article out of the paper because it was like maybe 50 guys, and I wanted to show that to my kids. And the guy called me and said, hey, listen, you're being considered. And the newsman came out, and the day that I was selected as a Hall of Famer, the challenger exploded oh. the same day. So I didn't get uh, get a chance to enjoy it because I was like the rest of the world uh, in shock as to what had happened. And then when I got to the hall, um, I still wouldn't talk because I was in awe of the guy that I was with in the room. It, it wasn't an automatic, oh, he's a hall of famer. No, you know, because like I tell people all the time, that wasn't built for us. It was built for Jim Thorpe. We just ran the room. So if you get in there, Appreciate the older guys who have paid the price, and one day your time will come when you can talk about well, it was like this. But I was a listener, and you know, I'm still a listener. I, I speaking of Carmichael, he got in last year, and uh, I was really excited to see that, and I had an opportunity to talk to him. You had a so, you know, it was it was just a great time.
1: Did you cut him at the line of scrimmage? <laughs> yes, he
0: did. <laughs> you know, in prepping for the interview, I saw a picture of you standing with the gold jacket next to your bust. What was it like the first time you saw that? Like, you there, and you're like, okay, this is real.
2: You know, it, it it's real, but it's surreal. Because you look at all the people. You know, you, you're talking about, you know, like I said, Jim Thorpe. You're talking about Night Train Lane. You're talking about people who were real, real great defensive backs. Marion Motley, uh, you name it, Dick Buckus, they were there. You know, and you, 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 you I played against Dick, but uh, Night Train was a guy that I always heard about. Uh, Marion Motley, a guy I always heard about. And these are guys that they were not real to me. They were not living people, and to see them in the living process, Kinda, I'm still in awe of that after all these years. And thank God I got the opportunity to meet them.
1: You know, one of the things that you're working on, and we want to talk about it a little bit more later on, is the Gridiron Greats. And we talked to you about it last year. Uh, it's a it's yeah. an organization to help former players from the NFL who need medical assistance but can't afford to have it. And, and we've talked to a, a lot of your brethren. We talked to Minjo Green a couple weeks ago about it. And about how important the organization is in taking care of the people like you who built the NFL into what it was. Mike Dicka seems to be one of the leaders of that. You overlapped with him. Did you have a chance to play against Mike Dicka before you became a teammate of his in this cause?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Iron Mike, They, they named that for a reason. And he was—he was a stalker. I call him a stalker because he, he was—he was out to hurt you. Okay, <laughs> back then I—I I, you couldn't say. I mean, you could say that, but he was—he was a legal assassin. I—I I have a lot of respect for Mike. For Mike, and to see Mike doing something like this, I've had an opportunity to eat at his restaurant a couple times in Chicago, and to see the stand—you don't see him that much anymore. He's just kind of on the sidelines. But the guys, uh, I've had a. a I've had the misfortune of having two cancers. I'm in remission right now. So I know it's devastating to a player, an ex player, when he goes into the hospital with the financial situation and stuff like that. And so just to have a link as to where that it may not be monetary help, but where he can get the physical impact of what other people are thinking and knowing your teammate is out there helping you. And, and it's it, like I said, as mean as Mike was or is, for him to be in a position like this is great. And, and all the guys, they love him and depend on them.
1: You know, I, I mentioned before one of your teammates in this current cause, Mean Joe Green. I don't yeah. know what it is about you guys, but we keep talking to guys who grew up in Texas who were Hall of Fame football players but seemed like the nicest guys in the world. What is it about Texas? What's in the water in Texas that has this, this uh, group of people who can play amazing football and still be great guys? And what is it like to have grown up playing high school football in Texas, then college football in Texas, and then in the pros in Texas?
2: Well, you know, you, you, you grew up without uh, a lot of major expectations because the college uh, the colleges were limited. And those uh, players in college, they were real ball players. I was an offensive center, middle linebacker in college, and I was the fifth offensive center at Prairie View. I never played safety before I got to pro ball. The Oilers drafted me in the position of safety, and I'm thinking when I saw the board, what are they doing? You know. And so it's like Joe was from Temple, and by the way, Joe is my brother-in-law too. So I, I get a chance to sit down and watch and, and talk a lot of the game with with him, and just kind of get in his mind. You know, oh, I want to come over I'm, for that I, Thanksgiving I, dinner. I, I was like the I was like the rest of the league when I when I'm around Joe or Earl Campbell or any of those guys. I'm as excited as a as a fan. I'm I'm a fan. I'm a football fan. So you know, it's it's it, it, it's something that um, Texas is so big until. You you hear about those guys, and it was it's so like like California, like Black like Philadelphia, like anywhere. You have those guys that uh, now Joe had the expectation, Earl had the expectation. I didn't have the expectation of being a Hall of Famer, so that made it, it doubly nice for me. But you know, it's it's just uh, Texas is a good place to live. Uh, I know you hear a lot about it. Uh, you know, it's it, you hear a lot about maybe the side that's not what it's supposed to be but there's another side that is absolutely great and i'm on that other side
1: so thanksgiving's coming up do you get together with joe green and do you like have a family football game kind of thing oh Oh,
2: yeah yeah you know are you on the same team
1: or do you at least split up because that's just not fair
0: (laughs) right they got the kids against the hall of famers or something like that (laughs) in the backyard
2: Hey, you know what? Uh, he, he he can be in my house, but I don't mess with Joe. <laughs> I, I don't blame I you. To, I, I have to keep looking to see if he's smiling. You yeah, know? <laughs> and I don't. Then pl- when he's smiling, I don't I don't know what he means. So you know, I am my p's and Q.
1: Has he ever given you a coke, or have you ever given him one?
2: <laughs> well, I, I I picked up a coke that he was sitting by. <laughs> so you know, we're we're
0: we're in an age where. You know, players are traded all the time, and it's, it's sort of how they're, they're treated. You were somebody who was traded from Texas to Washington uh, for five players uh, for you, and yet George Allen didn't give you the job right away. In today's world, no. an athlete, I don't know how they would have handled that. How did a young Ken Houston react to that? And When you look back, do you look at things any different?
2: Well, it's expectation, and this is, this is one thing that you have to really understand do not over-respect you. You might get that stuff in the press, you know, about you're great, but you're only great at the point of attack and can you get into the end zone. So, you know, like when, when I look at it, I'm thinking, mm, you know, what's the deal? Every, every, Everybody that was cut or traded ended up with the red skin. We had Dwayne Thomas. We had Calvin Hill. We had Gene Fugit. We had George Allen would take anybody. And he was the kind of coach that anybody could play for because if he he realized, and and, and and don't get me wrong, if maybe it's not the right thing to do, but players play the game. So you have to accommodate or at least be uh, in the position where you can understand uh, what players, quick story. I stood in line at an airport for the first time when I was 37 years old. Wow. The tickets were always there. The food was always there. Everything was always there. And so when I had to wait in line like everybody, else, I am thinking, "Whoa, this is unbelievable." What was it like but to I, discover I didn't, that? I didn't lose, yeah, I didn't, I didn't lose a sense of reality. But with the with the millions of dollars they're playing now, guys never have to get in line. They they're always catered to, and and they have those expectations. So you know, like I've watched a, a couple of the guys that have gone to other teams that you know left ball clubs and whatever, and all of a sudden they quiet down. Because they realize it's a real world out there. This is the real deal. And if I'm going to be a part of this sport for just a little while, nobody lasts forever. What am I going to do afterwards? So I need to take a look at that. And you know, like uh, I, I think the league or the whoever's running that particular thing at the uh, team needs to sit down and really talk to the players and say, "Hold the wait a minute. It's not like that. It's a real world." Wait, you can't
1: just put on your gold jacket and go through the airport.
2: <laughs> I put on my gold. I put on my gold jacket, but everybody going to gold now. <laughs> they think I stole it. <laughs> so,
1: so Ken, one of the reasons we wanted to obviously have you on is because even now, after your your illustrious career, after being in the Hall of Fame, you're still using the platform that you got from playing football to help other people. In this particular case, it's to, it's to help with other players. Tell us a little bit more about uh, Pork Rind Appreciation Day and how it relates to the Gridiron grates.
2: Well, Pork Rind Appreciation Day is what it's all about. And if you, you, I'm, a, I'm a lot older than you guys are. And this time of year in Texas, they used to kill pork, and we take that pork and we we fry it up, and they got the the live soap, and they got the pork rind. So it's something that we grew up eating, pork rind. I got an opportunity a couple of years ago to work with Fort uh, uh with the Southern Recipe Small Batch, and I actually went to the plant because I had really forgotten about Fort and they are really really good.
1: I mean, so it
2: it was a it was a match for me, and to see them supporting Mike, and to see the president who's running it, and to meet the people, and to know that it's a good product. And I'm not just saying this; I have them in my house right now. And it's also, it gives you a chance to, you go to uh, program.com and this is just for the fan. They can win up to $5,000. So it's something that I enjoy doing, they enjoy doing, and it seems like it's been a perfect match.
1: So you can go for Thanksgiving. You can go. Can we come to your house for Thanksgiving?
2: By the way. Oh, absolutely. Right. My door is always. I'd be. I'd be out there flagging
1: people down. Com-
0: hey. com- combo with you and Mean Joe Green and having pork oh, rinds. Yeah. it sounds oh, like a yeah. good night we're, to me. Yeah,
1: we're, I, we're, I get to be on, our, on their team. You get to be on the other team. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. You, that that's nice of him, right? He put me. He took the call, hey, Hall of Famers, uh, and gave me the kids.
2: I'm gonna be on whatever team Joe is on. There you go. Uh, well,
0: well, Jeff and I'll fight about that. And can we look forward? to having you on again sometime always appreciate you giving us some time and appreciate what you do using your platform to help your fellow athletes uh, get the help that they need thanks so much for the time
2: you listen thank you guys for having us on because without you we wouldn't have a boy so we certainly appreciate it
0: uh, you have a great day thank you jeff the <laughs> i love how we just invited ourselves to dinner with two hall of famers i'm going i know you i don't are. know you. i do I'm he going. said he said yes Yeah. Well, he didn't not say no. He didn't say it, no. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, that's close enough as far as I'm always, concerned. I always love hearing their story. How do we miss that one, huh? Right? Yeah. And we do research. We've had them both on in, in like the last three weeks and somehow it did it didn't come up before this that they're they're related.
0: It is amazing how that works. But yeah. can
1: you imagine like you know, people have these traditional family football games on Thanksgiving and and, and they have a team that has two of the greatest players <laughs> in the history of the sport. They could really have a Hall of Famers versus everybody else team. <laughs> yeah, like they don't need to have an offense. No. Because they can just play defense. I'm pretty sure they'll just knock people out and take the ball and run <laughs> it back for a touchdown. Joe, It'll all be Joe defensive and touchdown. Joe intercept it. Yeah. it <laughs> will be all good. Exactly. They do not need offense.
0: Look, we we continue to have uh, alumni on to talk about what they're doing and you say, okay, why poor rinds? And it's, it's like, that's the avenue that's getting them the help they need right now. And so we're going to keep talking Talking about it, and you know, we encourage you to support those efforts, Jeff. It's always fun to
1: talk to the whole of we, we, We've talked to so many of them that have, you know, they either they know players, teammates of theirs that, that have gone through this, or that they've gone through it themselves, and and it it still frustrates me that the NFL has the amount of money and the amount of power that it has, and these guys who we all revere and their league was built on are not taken care
0: of. Yeah, it's just stunning to me. Before we go to break, I did want to tell you, Jeff, if you're around on Sunday, uh, I'm going to go over to an event that the NFL Alumni Association are holding. They're having a fundraiser at 3 p.m. at Bobby Ray's in Penn They're going to be doing a, a game watch for the Eagles against the Broncos, raising money for the Alzheimer's Association. They'll have silent auction for prizes, raffle off Eagles tickets, former NFL players in attendance. So again, just more good examples of these athletes using their platform. So... What are yeah, the, the Eagles going to win, though? Well, that's another story. We'll talk about that after the break. When we come back, we'll go right to our interview with Keith Pompey, and then talk about it after. Stick with us.
1: Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. With us this afternoon, we have the inimitable Keith Pompey from the Philadelphia Inquirer. Keith, how you doing? I'm doing well. What's up, fellas? Uh, So I'm a little disappointed, quite frankly, because, you know, I saw you. You are now blown up national. I saw you on NBA TV this week wearing the nicest suit I've ever seen you wear. Where's the suit? Yeah, we didn't get you're a talking, suit, Keith. you you, you you're talking about my velvet
3: jacket. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, what is this
0: velvet? <laughs> like? Nah. We get dressed nah. down, Keith Pompeii, for the interviews. <laughs>
1: yes. From now on, all interviews must be wearing we're wearing a tuxedo. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well,
3: yeah. It, it, nah. It's funny. I remember one time I did an interview and I was like all overdressed. And I look over and the guy has on a pit hoodie, right? So I said to myself, okay, commercial break. <laughs> and it was like hey here I am <laughs>
1: all right, Keith. You know? t- t- tell your family you're not going to be able to spend New Year's Eve with them we'll do a new Year's Eve show we'll all wear tuxes and we'll we'll ring you know we'll ring in the new year we'll have a ball come down the whole thing he doesn't yeah, seem Jason like he's on board at with you that
0: like you're crazy <laughs>
1: yeah, right. You didn't check with my wife on that.
0: <laughs> I know, right? I know, right? So, Keith, tell me, uh, this Sixers team playing hard, playing shorthanded, so many storylines going on. Uh, you tell me, where are we going to start here?
3: Wow, I, I guess we have to talk about them playing shorthanded. You know, I mean, I think the biggest thing right now, I mean, you look at it, they started off great. They were, what, they lost one game? um actually they lost two games and and then uh they were rolling and then covid hit and the bench played well they put uh, paul reed in there other guys in there maxie has been playing out of his mind but it just seems like because of the covid situations a lot of these guys are having to play extended minutes and you can see that they don't have any legs especially in the second half of games.
1: well you know the good news is is that because all of these guys that we don't know very well aren't are now playing a lot maybe it helps them down the road and it's certainly given you a lot of fodder for great stories it- Has it been more interesting for for you as a writer to now get to explore all these guys that we didn't know before the season started or certainly didn't think we're going to play this much?
3: It has been. But, you know, it is funny because as a writer right now, as good as they're like playing, it just seems like the game isn't the story anymore. It's kind of like, well, uh, who's here? okay, Tobias is coming back. Uh-oh, Isaiah Joe is, isn't playing. Oh, you know, the one The one thing was Doc got his 1,000th thousand, win, right? But aside from that, it's like, oh, MB's not playing, you know? So it, it becomes a lot of different side stories. But I mean, the one thing I will say as far as like the, the fodder and everything is when you look at it, you say Andre Drummond is really playing well, right? He's he, he's balling. Then then you look at uh, George Niang. I mean, here's a guy having, I know it's still early, but he's having like a career year, like by far. Um, he's playing a whole bunch of more minutes, so you think that it's going to, you know, um, remain the same. And then, I'll be honest with you, um, Paul Reed, you know, he was impressive as on the defensive end, you know, uh, two games in a row against Giannis and a- against um, DeMar DeRozan. So, you know, you, you're saying to yourself like, okay, these guys can play. I mean, they're, they're a whole a lot better than than they were given credit for now again i know the sixers hyped them up but you could hype a guy up but if he's not seeing any action you know it's kind of like you know actions speak louder than words you know in the past so yeah there are certain guys that you're saying to yourself like yeah this is great keith Put you know
0: them. you know i've been more on the tyrese maxi train than jeff and and you at times uh 33 points last night in the loss, 64 points nine assists uh in the last two games did have a tough turnover at the end of the game though i I know Jeff is still not sold. I texted him last night, although I'm probably a bigger fan than all of you. I thought the MVP chance for him at the end of the game were a bit much. Uh, <laughs> where are we with Tyrese Maxey? Is he getting to the point where they won't put him in a deal because they think he's something more for them now?
3: See, it's kind of weird, though, because like if he's playing well, as, as good as he is, then some teams are going to want him in the deal. You know? Um, th- see, that's the problem. You know, the thing with Tyrese Max, he's a good guard, great guard. The thing that gets me is like the two games that he scored 31 and 33 points um, were games that Joel and B didn't play. You know, so when Joel is in there, you know, Tyrese, as good as uh, Doc Rivers wants him to do it, go down there and jack up stuff and do this. Nah, bro, you got to get the ball to to Joel. Now, if, if if Tobias is playing and Tobias is like a you know uh in the motion like you know he, he's really about sharing the ball and doing stuff like that it works but when it's joel you got to give joel his touches so i i think with joel's on the floor it may go back to the way it used to be but you know it, it's good i mean you know maxi is is showing that he can play he's showing that he's improved but you know i gotta see him do it you know with joel on the floor now i will say this y'all um Yesterday, yesterday morning or no, two days ago, I get a text from a friend of mine saying, man, I told you Maxi is the second coming of AI. I said, dude.
0: Isn't that a bit much. On, like yeah, that a much? Like we're here. Yeah, it was be
3: much. I mean, like, eight, nine, enjoy... I had a question mark. He was like, huh, oh, what do you mean? I'm p- like, dude, come on, don't do
0: that to the kid. Can people Please. just enjoy <laughs> the guy playing well without putting these expectations of he's the next coming or something? He's just, he's a player on this team who's willing to shoot without any fear. And after what we've gone through for the last couple of years, it's nice to see somebody do that.
3: Yeah, but the thing is, we got to see what it's going to look like when Joel comes back too. we'll have to see that.
1: Wait, the, the guy, I'm not asking for a name, but, but the guy that sent you this text must have been leading that MVP chant last night too. <laughs> I mean, it
3: could have been. I mean, but it was him, and 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 I also got another guy who said it too. So it was just like, yo, it was ridiculous. I didn't even want to respond. Like the
1: the problem that I see with Maxie is, yeah, he's proven he can play in the NBA. The problem is, I don't see that he's proven that he can be a point guard. That to me, he's an undersized shooting guard, and and that may be my age coming out because I'm used to traditional roles on a basketball court, and now there there's people that are playing multiple positions but I don't see him as a guy who's a distributor. I don't see him as a nine, 10 assist, uh per game guy And I don't see him yet being a pick and roll guy, which is what I think they need, ideally, to play with Joel, as long as Joel can be healthy.
3: You know, I agree with you. But the one thing I will say is the last couple of games, he has gotten better. You know, the one thing is I know he had one bad turnover at the end end of the game. But when you think about it, the ball is, is better in his hands in regards to turnovers than it was with Ben, you know. And, and 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 Joel and people like that the thing that's different is what they used to do is he would bring the ball up and he would hand the ball off to Joel or Tobias and he would go over to the corner well now they're letting him initiate more you know and now he doesn't get a lot of assists you are correct but it just seems like they're initiating more with him um you know he's the type of guy i feel like you know, if he was a lottery pick, he would be the guy that did. you just built the team around him. But right now, it just seems like when Joel comes back, like you said, you need that type of point guard that's going to like, you know, make, give him the ball in certain spots, make make him happy, things like that. But at the same time, you can't knock him for what he did. I mean, 31 and 33. And, and you know, we're talking about You know, before he did, I mean, it's not like he hasn't done that before, but this time he did it when they had other quality type players on the floor with him,
1: you know? (laughs) One of the things that's amazing to me is watching coaches who were point guards and how they deal with their point guards. They spend a lot of time on the broadcast. I know you're at the game, so you don't see the broadcast. Focusing on the interactions between especially Maxi and River. And River seems to be hard on him when he's talking to him. What have you seen of the relationship between Doc and Maxie?
3: I mean, you're right. Doc is hard on him. And not just Doc, everyone is. But Maxie is kind of like a sponge. It's funny because Maxie kind of likes it. He, he loves it. You know, he was talking about his father and he was saying like, no matter what people say, my dad's like was the hardest on him. So, you know, this, is, this is, is nothing. And I think that he's the type of guy he wants to get better. He knows that Doc is trying to make him better. And he looks at it like this is a former point guard who was a one-time All-Star who played with a lot of great players. And if you think about it, you know Doc was also a scoring guard when he was in Marquette, and he trained and he basically, you know, um, you know, just changed his whole approach to the game once he became a pro. So I think Maxie just looks at it and is learning from it. But you know, Maxie's a great kid, man. I mean, I have to say that like a lot of guys get get on him during the game, they get on him at practice, and he just like, okay, okay, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll do what you want me to do.
0: That's why I'm on the maxi train anyway. So tell me about the health of the guys potentially coming back. We've seen Seth Curry come back after his ankle. Tobias Harris came back last night after COVID. Joel Embiid's still out. Matisse Seibel's still out. Isaiah Joe's still out. Where are we on the return of some of these guys potentially, if there's anything, the depth of this team now and going forward? Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, they can all, like, all of them are slated to come back during this six-game road trip, of course. I mean, because, you know, it it like? They got 10 days out. I think, Joe, like, most of them are, like, four or five days out. Um, so they, they can come back. The question is, do you want these guys to just fly out and meet the team? Now, I, I think that you kind of sort of you do just because of, um, you know, I mean, just because, like, you're probably going to struggle on these trips. And on this trip, and you're going to want them back. Now the thing is, Tobias. There was times when Tobias looked rusty, you know. And there was also times where doctors said, "Okay, forget it. You're going to get a workout."
0: You're he looked a little winded to me at the quarter. end. Of, he looked a little winded to me at the end of the game. Yeah,
3: he was winded. He was winded. So, but here's the thing. So I'm not really concerned with Matisse because Matisse is a great. You know, seems to be in better shape than Tobias, right? My concern is Embiid. Like, what is he going to do? You know, just sitting in the house, and then all of a sudden, is he going to be able to play 37 minutes like Tobias did? I, I don't know. I don't know, you know. So, to me, that's the that's the major question mark is what Embiid, what type of shape Embiid is going to be in when he gets back.
1: Well, and with regard to Embiid, he's got some big matchups coming up. I mean, one of them is, is potentially playing against Jokic in a week. Uh, is he going to be ready for that? And, and have you heard anything about whether or not he's had symptoms or, or is this, he's just been out?
3: Oh, no, nah, he's had symptoms. He, he, Joel and Tobias have had symptoms. Like they, they both were symptomatic. Um, you know, from, from what I was told is that Tobias for like the first four days, you know, he couldn't really get out of the bed. He was sick. Like he just didn't, you know, it was bad. The same thing for Joel Joelle is symptomatic. Um, you know, uh, uh, Isaiah Joe really wasn't um, Matisse. It was weird. Like, Matisse, initially, everybody thought it was just, you know, contact tracing, you know. And, and now he's, you know, he, they're trying to, no one's saying anything, but he hasn't came back yet. You know what I mean? So, right. it, it's one of those things. So, yeah, the, the two, they, they were very symptomatic, um, Tobias and
0: Joelle. So, Keith, in addition to reading about the game last night, I got to read about who was at the Wells Fargo Center yesterday in another one of your stories. Ben Simmons was there. Uh, and then Rich Paul sent out a statement afterwards. Uh, <laughs> tell me about the Ben Simmons situation right now, because then we could talk about Rich Paul and what's going on afterwards.
3: It's a sad situation, right? It really is, because, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you say to yourself Does Daryl Morey and the, the ownership group and, and Elton Brand regret that they didn't trade them at the, at the trade. I mean, at the, at the draft. Right. Because this is becoming a circus, man. It's, it's like, it's really predictable though. Everything that's happened. Like it's all right. I'm not coming. Well, you're not going to get paid. Okay. I'm coming. All right. <laughs> well, I'm not going to practice. Well, you're not going to get paid. Okay. I'm gonna practice. And then, you know, this one was, You know, on his schedule, they wanted him to go to the arena for the game and be a part of the team. Well, he went because he, you know, trying to get paid. But but at my point is it's like, you know, and and, and I'm not just saying this like on a Ben Simmons situation. I think it's bad on both sides. And the reason being is like, you know, we're looking at this, you know, Doc Rivers and the Sixers at one point they had the best record in the NBA. They were tied with the Golden State Warriors for the best record in the NBA. But all we're talking about is Ben Simmons being suspended, I mean, being fined, you know? And it's like, it's one of those things where, you know, I I get it, but sometimes you think that they would have been better off to say, hey, look, I know you don't wanna be here. We're gonna work something out. You just come and go to the practice facility, you get workouts in right by yourself and we'll, we'll keep it quiet and then we'll move. But no, it's like stuff is leaking out about uh, him not doing this, him not doing that, and 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 they want to find him. So I, I think that what it's doing is is taking away from it took away from the early success that the Sixers had.
1: So yeah, but the pro the problem is is that Rich Paul. I'm not blaming it at all on Rich Paul. I'm not blaming it at all on Simmons. I'm not blaming it at all on the Sixers. But there's things that you can do, and there's 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 a dangerous rail that they're touching, which is is the potential of mental health issues. And Rich Paul is making this situation, in my mind, exponentially worse. It, 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 you That's the one thing you don't want to talk about publicly. And, and at least what I've seen of the Sixers is the Sixers saying, hey, we're willing to get him his help. Now, it, should, it probably it wasn't helpful that it leaks out that he's not ta- telling them what's going on. But Rich Paul coming out and giving the statement that he gave yesterday only hurts his clients. There's no upside to that. It, it's an it to me, it's another situation of and and it, it you know, it's it's kind of like the Aaron Rodgers thing of of this privileged attitude that Ben is now looking like the typical stereotypical athlete that's grown up his whole life and gotten everything he wants. And nobody ever wants to say to him, hey, Ben, it is on you, too. And Rich Paul's statement t- absolves tr- attempts to absolve. Ben Simmons of any of this being his fault.
0: They've done that all along. Ben said it's not his job to increase his value. I mean, that's been their attack the whole time. Like Keith, is he? Are they working in good faith here?
3: I mean, you know, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it is his job to increase his value right about now. I mean, I don't. I don't think Ben Simmons. I, I think only thing Ben Simmons can do is lower his value by playing. Like I, I think that everyone knows that. You know, Ben Simmons is an all-star who struggles in the playoffs. Like, seriously. I mean, he's a he's a good regular season guy when he gets out and goes. But, like, I don't think teams are going to say, wow, he's out here playing. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, he, he's dunking. He's making this. He's doing that. Like, no, everybody wants to wait and see what he does in the postseason. Now, with Ben Simmons, what he meant by that is when you think about it, there were several teams who really wanted Ben. Like, but then Golden State is like prime. they wanted, they wanted two players and four first round picks, you know, for Golden State. So I, I think when he says it's not my, it, it's not my, you know, it's not my job, it's saying like, dude, y'all had these offers, but y'all kept asking for more. Now, in regards to good faith, I think that he really wants out. And he's not the first person that wanted out. The problem is, and what people pinpoint is, he just signed that contract. So now you're going out. These other guys, they either had another year left or they had an option coming up. And teams got rid of them quick, fast, in a hurry. Because if they didn't trade them, they were going to lose them in free agency. But Simmons' situation is different when he has four years left on his deal. So it looked crazy because of that. But, you know, when you look at it, he can't come back here and play. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, after last season, um, I mean, every game you go, have, have you guys been to a game yet? Yeah, mm-hmm. we've <laughs> heard it. <laughs> uh, outside, <laughs> you see the t-shirts they're selling? <laughs> I mean, there's a different one. Like, each game, there's a different one.
1: So, there's guys there's wearing you know, diapers. Can't come back. Huh? There's guys in the arena wearing diapers. Saying that they're Ben Simmons, which I think is ridiculous. I think those guys are idiots. But uh, I mean, you're right that he can't come back. But there's nothing that Rich Paul is saying that's helping him get to the conclusion, the conclusory area that is a trait. And and how does and I think that he's making it worse by making statements like he made last night that you know the Sixers are making it worse for Ben. It's making his struggles harder. Well, if you're another team, the more that there was a point at which whether you believe Ben or not, I'm sure that some of the ownership groups or front offices of teams that were considering trading for him were going, ah, this is all part of, he just wants out, but there's gotta be some front offices that are now sitting there going, the more this comes up, the more we got to worry about, not only can we fix his shot and get him confidence, is, is there going to be a lagging problem long-term with him? And is it worth trading whatever we have to trade to get him?
3: I mean, I agree. I agree 100%. I mean, because it's like, if he's going to do this to the Sixers, what if he doesn't like it where I'm at? I can understand that. But at the same time, I think it goes both ways. You know, I think there are certain free agents who are saying, dang, they keep leaking everything about this guy. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, yo, this this is, a, this is a scary situation. Look, when you're so throwing I, I mud... Think, I, I think it looks bad on both, both parties.
0: When you're throwing mud, everybody gets dirty. And, and that's yeah. just the the way this is right now. And I, I don't see how... Look, for people who say, you know, they, they question whether or not he has mental health problems. We've talked about his fear of shooting that is a mental health challenge. <laughs> like, whether or not he was public about it is a different story. And whether or not he is being public now... So as to satisfy a requirement, like I'm not here to question somebody's statement on their mental health. But I will say that Lane Johnson was out there publicly and accepted. And then you see how Ben handles this. And the way that this is being handled is why people don't want to speak up publicly. Because it just becomes fodder as opposed to something that's actually productive for the athlete and the people. So I just don't see what's the resolution here. It seems to me the Sixers are going to have to blink first. Otherwise, they're just going to hold them and their asset continues to devalue. Yeah, yeah. You know,
3: the one thing that I think that Ben may have messed up at, um, I think when he came back. Because when you think about it, like you come back and you think you're going to get paid. He came back and he's not getting paid. He's getting fined for doing this and doing that. And I think like, to be honest with you, um, I mean, the Sixers are doing well publicly, you know, publicly saying all the right things. But, you know, it, if he would have stayed away, this circus would have been avoided. You know what I mean? They just would have been fine You know what I mean? Just fine him. But now that he's here, it's like, oh, Ben Simmons was in the building. He looked at videos. Oh, Rich Paul is talking about they're doing him bad. You know what I mean? And it's like he didn't get He's not really getting any money. You know, like they're, they're going to say, hey, well, we're going to want you to come on this road trip. He's not going to want to do that. You know, so...
1: All uh, right. I don't well, know. Well, before we let you go, because you have your own road trip to be going on for uh, the next week or so, um, I want to talk about uh, just quickly about two players who haven't played in a long time. Since you seem to to use his meme a lot, um, Michael Jordan. So. <laughs> I, I don't think there's anybody on the planet that that more <laughs> adeptly uses Michael Jordan crying on things <laughs> than you do. So I don't know if you epic. had a chance to see see what was going on with Scottie Pippen. Is Scottie Pippen ever going to let this go? No, nope.
3: nah, he won't. And and the one thing that I like Scottie Pippen at first, I was like, all right, Scottie, I understand. You know what? You 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 feel bad. You you know you understand. That. I understand. You have a right to. But then what Michael Strahan said to him and in the interview they had Michael said, How do you want to be remembered? And he said, I want to be remembered the greatest player or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. I'm like, Oh <laughs> no, bro, no, nah, nah, you didn't go there. You know? So like when he said that, I was like, wow. So I, he lost me. He lost me at the end. But you know, the thing is, yeah, sometimes you got to let it go. And, and who knows it was Jordan's team. You know, Scotty Pippen was a great player, you know, hall of famer, you know, um, one of the top 50 players, top 75 now, but it was, Like, you can't really get too mad at Michael Jordan when the documentary was his documentary. You know what I mean? He He was the producer. Yeah, he was the producer. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was the producer. And, you know, and then, you know, another thing is, it's like, you know, you come out and, uh, you know, Jordan leaves and you're mad because they don't give you the final play. They don't draw the play up for you. So it's kind of sort of like, you know, when, when, when you're talking all this stuff, it it, it kind of looks bad because people bring these other things up. You know what I mean? Like, well, if you were this great and if you were this and that, well, then how come they had they drew the play up for Tony Cuckoo? Keith,
0: you're the you're the writer. But I used to work in politics. They say don't pick a fight with people who buy ink by the barrel. And there is no way uh, in the world that Michael Jordan runs what he does that Scotty Pippen will get the last word on that story ever. And nah, Scotty should just nah, accept he that.
3: Won't, he won't. He won't. Then Scotty will come out with another book.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Look, everybody keeps getting paid. Keith Pompeii, very safe travels for you as you keep getting paid, traveling around the country, giving us all the Sixers news, follow you at Pompeii on Sixers, read you in the Philadelphia Inquirer, and we hope that you can focus on the court a little bit as opposed to everything off the court.
1: Hey it, And man, keep
0: those best and worst columns going. I love those things. Oh, you do? It's funny. Do.
3: Thing is, It's not a lot, but it gets a lot of page views. People really get into that.
0: Jeff's into clickbait, so go for it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, right. Oh
0: <laughs> no Keith, thanks so much, man. You have a Pitt. great one. All right,
3: go pit go Michigan, go Ohio State, go <laughs>
1: joke. Hey, hey, hey
0: <laughs> I love how he always drops in
1: the hit on Ohio State for you. It's
0: very painful. He can't
1: like I even wore a pit shirt just for him.
0: Yeah, he didn't get dressed up for you. No, he didn't. No, not at all. I'm telling
1: you if you if you haven't seen him on NBA TV, I mean, he's all over the place now. He's got he's got this snazzy like black velvet jacket. I don't know where he got it. We'll talk
0: more about that in a minute before we switch over to the podcast at 45 here real fast where you can finish on the live stream. Jeff, we're going to be sleeping out next week for Covenant House. You've done this for a couple years. Uh, I will be joining you for the first year, trying to raise some awareness for youth homelessness. We have a team, the heart of sports. We are raising money. We are halfway to our goal. Tell us about it real
1: fast. It, for for people who don't know, and we talk about it every year around this time, and we've had other people that do it, and it, it, it's an, it's a cause that's become near and dear to my heart, and I'm glad that you're joining me with it, because because it's something that we've both talked about for a while. It's It's... It's raising awareness and raising money, and both of them are important when it comes to youth homelessness. And, and youth homelessness is, is an issue that just people don't really think about. And these kids are, you know, thrown out on the streets for, for lots of different reasons that are completely outside their own power and if for anything they did. And all they need is a chance. And, and Covenant House gives them that chance. And when you see what these kids go on to do, this isn't going over there and just having shelter. It's teaching them life skills and getting them out, finishing school, getting jobs, and becoming productive members of society and and leaders. Look, we talk all the time about athletes using their platforms, and as you've seen from my lack of skill trying
0: out, I am far from an athlete. But we are going to use but the platform. But you can. But you can sleep. I can use the
1: platform. <laughs> <laughs> I can sleep like it's nobody's business, Jeff. This we, is my kind of fa- challenge. <laughs> we finally found the skill for you. the The problem is, it's not the kind of sleeping you'd want to do because you have to sleep outside. Yeah. In the cold. Yes, it would work a whole lot better for you if it was in June. But <laughs> but I mean that's part of the point, point. And, and you know, part of this is is we will sleep outside. We ask everybody to go to the Covenant House website. You can you can donate through our team, the Heart of Sports. If you click on that to do it, you can do it through Jason or Jeff, um, or just do it the Covenant House. We do it don't through care. Jason. I'm behind. I need to catch <laughs> up from Jeff. He's a better fundraiser than me. <laughs> but, but in but, but all but seriousness, do it's... it if you get a chance. Please, wh- whatever whatever amount you can give. This goes to an amazing cause.
0: And we'll put it out at the heart of sport on Twitter, on our Facebook account so that you can do- donate directly through the page. Jeff, people can follow us on the live stream. We've got about, oh, I don't know, about 11 minutes left in the show. Which sport are we going to talk about now? We've got the Eagles debacle being the Eagles. We've got some soccer talk with the men's national team, a local angle with Brendan Aronson becoming a star before people's eyes, the union play next week
1: in the playoffs. Where do you want to go? I say let's let's talk about how stupid John Gruden is. Oh, I didn't even. How about expect that? that? Well, that,
0: why see, don't that's you tell the... us a
1: little bit about what John Gruden has decided now so after that's... after all the nonsense that he's put everybody through?
0: That's the really fun part of doing a live radio show. Is that when you get <laughs> a mobile push alert right before you go on the air? And it's usually something you know it's going to annoy me. That give, oh, that gives you right. the news that John Gruden is suing the NFL. He is filing a lawsuit saying that he was forced to resign and that the commissioner sought to destroy his career. Jeff, I will let you handle the
1: legal angles as always. Take it away. I, I, I like the fact that he believes he was targeted. What does he want, a 15-yard penalty for this? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Roughing the coach? <laughs> no, targeting. He, he now believes in targeting. Look. Well, Let's make it clear. His emails were racist. They were anti gay. They were misogynistic. What targeting needed to happen? B- with by the him? way, that doesn't change the opinion in my mind that I have concerns
0: that only those emails have come out so far. Right. So, like, I believe they're separate issues. I think he's ridiculous for suing because his actions, definitely, regardless of whether they're public or not were things that are definitely not acceptable. Yeah, but but, but at the same time But what's the target there's a the lot targ- more going the, so on. So the
1: there. targeting is 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 that we shouldn't We shouldn't react or do anything with regard to him because every other person that may have said something hasn't been out? No, you're supposed to
0: release everything else that's racist and sexist and homophobic so everybody gets fired. Is that what he he wants? I don't know. Is
1: is the next move for John Gruden—so I guess this is the thing the NFL and, and all of his buddies need to worry about. Is John Gruden about to try to take down everybody else? In his wake.
0: He, uh, he alleges that the league selectively leaked private correspondence in order to harm his reputation and force him out of his job. The NFL statement says the allegations are entirely meritless and the claims we vigorously defended in court. Uh,
1: I, I just <laughs> wonder if John Gruden has decided he's got no bridges left, so he's just going to burn all the towns around him. Around look, those bricks. Look, there's a lot of that going on in the NFL right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah,
0: so while, this isn't even the most fascinating story in the NFL that's going on right now. In yeah, terms because of, the
1: other lawsuits even even more, I guess you say, sexy as far as people wanting to pay attention to it. So while the Rams are potentially the best team in the NFL picking right up now, every Picking up every player out right? there. Which I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, by the way, did you see Matt Stafford's reaction to it? No. There wasn't much in... Th- it wasn't like Matt Stafford was like, yes, we got OBJ. Look, it's a lot of pressure on him. Who, on Stafford? Yeah. Well, forget the... There's a lot of pressure on them, but if you're a quarterback, do you want a guy who's... You know, they keep saying that OBJ, This is he never had any problems before Cleveland. That's not true. He the Giants signed, have it once since sa- they all went to a boat. Wait, hold on. They, he signed a new deal with the Giants, and months later... Boom, he was out of town and he was the best receiver at that and point. And the Giants still haven't and won. And the Giants since. And, and he couldn't play with Eli Manning. So It'll be better now. Okay, so so now he's going to go to LA which I believe he has a home there. Look, and he's going to be around all those distractions. What's the downside for the Rams? If it doesn't work, they cut him, don't no, they? No, no, the downside is is that Matt Stafford is now on a team that doesn't lose 16 out of 16 (laughs) games. He finally, after a decade of being stuck in Detroit, he's now on a team where he has a chance to be the MVP, has the chance to go to the Super Bowl. Everything's a well-oiled machine as far as the offense. He already has Cooper Cup. He already has Woods. He already has uh, Jefferson, and he has Higby. He doesn't need this because does he want to see whether or not he wakes up on Monday morning And all of a sudden there's videos of how many times he didn't throw to an open OBJ. But the way we got to this is how
0: the Rams got to LA and the potential (laughs) lawsuits that are going on. You mean the St. Louis Rams? In St. Louis with leaving. So can you explain to me the legal situation that is going on and the pressure that is building among owners for potential liability they could all have for this move?
1: So the city of St. Louis believes that the that the Rams did not act in good faith and should have stayed in St. Louis. And they believe that they put a good faith offer to either build a stadium or fix the one that they currently had to meet in the NFL qualifications. Um, They left anyway. The owners decided to vote to let them leave. And... Then the city of St. Louis said, that's it, we're suing you for all the money that we've lost and the opportunities, the business opportunities that we've lost as a result and that you didn't act in good faith. (laughs) And and so apparently the rumor was that came out, I believe, last night or today is that now the NFL is getting worried because they didn't just sue St. Louis. I mean, the Rams, they sued all the owners saying that they acted in bad faith. And so now you have this lawsuit that's going to go to trial in a couple months and the rumor is, is that they, that they offered a hundred million dollars to the city of St. Louis and St. the city of St. Louis said, nah, not enough. And that this could potentially be a billion dollars in damages. And now it's going to see whether the sharks start to eat each other because Cronkie was the impetus for moving. And he's got his beautiful SoFi palace in, in LA now. And they all, all they all thought that he was going to indemnify them, meaning that if anything happened with regard to suits regarding them, he would pay their legal fees and he would take care of this. That was before it's a billion dollars. Yeah, so, so now Kroenke apparently is saying, ah, not so fast, I don't want to pay for all of this stuff. And now it's a question that the owners are, are annoyed at him, whether or not this is going to go to trial and they're all going to start pointing fingers at it. And then there's the wild card. And the wild card is is that apparently one of the prior owners who the other owners pushed out of the league, Jerry Richardson from the, the Panthers, might have said something and might say other things that if he gets up on the stand and says, We'll kill the league. And he's got nothing to lose. Because he's already, they been already forced took out. away his team.
0: Yeah. And so like the NFL has a lot of fires burning right now. <laughs> they got the Gruden stuff, they got the Washington football team emails.
1: They've got the St. Louis situation. And then you have the disaster in Las Vegas. Which which I don't see how Mike Mayock
2: survives that. this
1: year. He he was brought in as Gruden's boy, and their two first round picks from last year are gone. Yeah one they one cut of one. one of them was of was them. wielding guns that look like they're out of a Mad Max movie in a in a TikTok video, and and the other one unfortunately horrific. was driving over 150 miles an hour on a side street and killed somebody it's horrific. absolutely horrific and plus gruden so so vegas is and so deshaun jackson says hey that's the team i want to (laughs) (laughs) go to i want to go
0: play look it's uh that situation is horrible there's just a lot of story i was asking you before we went on the air if you think that more is going on now or if more is coming out we saw the portland president resign for the trailblazers um, we've seen stories in Dallas about changes, uh, stories in other places. It's every league. I yes. mean, it, it,
1: it's also, I mean, you also have the unfortunate situation in hockey, which is With you the know Blackhawks there. and it, and, I, and that hockey situation has been a dirty little secret for years, not just it. seems like all these leagues have had these dirty little secrets for years. and that's what I was asking you. Is it happening? more or are people just saying enough and it's becoming public? No, I think I think that now all the all the dirty laundrys coming out is what it is. I think it pro- I'm hoping it's happening less because it's becoming public now because a light has shined on this that maybe this stops or at least it's a deterrent. Does it
0: force change or does it just change the way people do it? Like, do they say things behind closed doors and not put them in email or do they stop saying things and thinking them all together? Well,
1: uh, let me tell you, most people aren't smart enough not to put things in email and stuff. I, I mean, I mean, look. look, look you, you and I, at I have what... both made
0: livings on things people have put in writing that exactly. they shouldn't well, put in writing. Well, well,
1: so. well look, look, at, look at what's going on with the Phoenix Suns zone. Okay so he's been there've been accusations and his by his wife so his wife reaches out to people on social media and and regardless of whether you can read them and make a judgment I'm not going to make a judgment of what she said and whether that counts as intimidation but somebody you would think somebody some lawyer would have said hey do not reach out to any of these people right now just lay low and let us do our jobs and she decided to do that and at least 3 of those people have have said, this is intimidation. I feel like I'm being intimidated. People, for whatever reason, as smart as they are, no matter how much money they have, still make dumb decisions, and they always will. The NBA in particular has a a bunch going on.
0: You know, you've got the Ben situation. You've got the John Wall situation in Houston. You've got these front office situations.
1: Adam Silver's just kind of watching it happen. I don't understand the John Wall situation. I I don't understand why he's not playing. They want to play young. They, uh, that apparently but they what, wanted But young. what happened to the days when you would have the, the veteran who would help the younger players? Does he want to be that guy? I haven't heard him be, being a malcontent. I heard the, the basic, basically it seems like, well, we don't want to play just in it's case we can trade and we're not going to It's actually being get handled hard. the way that
0: Ben should have been handled. He, it, he shouldn't have come in. He just should have sat out, and when they make the trade, they make the trade. Because being here is more of a circus. Right. And then it's a sliding scale of, well, Ben thinks he participated or whoever's here thinks they participated. in
1: the team says, well, no, you didn't do enough. And I'm just ready for the circus to be done already. Well, if, if you're ready and I'm ready for the circus to be done, imagine how the players imagine how good this team can be if it gets rid of this distraction. No matter who they at this well, point, it, it doesn't depends, matter who they bring. It in.
0: depends if they have to send things out with it.
1: Well, the, I have told
0: you that that is my continuous concern. You and I have talked about this for years. This team looks for headlines, not titles. The way to get a headline is to get a star. No, no. The way to get a star, well, they don't is want to headlines.
1: Package. They don't want headlines. What they want is they want sexy the, players. The way
0: to get sexy players right.
1: is package young guys to dump Ben.
0: Right. That's ha- and so you deplete the depth that we talked about with Keith to cover up your mistake for the way you coddled Ben.
1: But are you are you now at a point where? Is it okay to say there's so much depth on this team? There no, other than Embiid, there's no superstars on this team. I would argue that as good as Tobias is, he's not a superstar. Do you now sit there and say, because you can't send him home apparently. You're not allowed to just say to a player. You have to agree to this. So you can't just say to Ben, go away. You're still going to have to pay him. Well, we got 20 seconds. So, so, that's so instead to of going today. away, maybe, maybe it's time to just trade him for almost whatever you can get, even if it's nothing, as long as you don't get rid of for, his, you know, your superstar. I think his value Maxie.
0: goes down every day. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.